notion of crypto is that it defies regulation, you can't really regulate it. What about like Coinbase? That's a centralized... Yeah, but at the end of the day, the actual networks themselves are decentralized. So like, would more regulation in crypto like hurt Coinbase and like grow like decentralized exchanges? It probably would actually. Yeah. yeah. I actually wrote a paper on that for my business class. And it was well, that's like, a good shit. Yeah, that's, we got to choose. That's actually, like, yeah, okay. that's something I never thought about. Because I feel like if because, like... Yeah, because the government's like, fuck you, you can't buy wrapped Dogecoin like I'm fucking you know, <laughs> Coinbase. You can now go and buy it on Uniswap. Yeah. On Ethereum. And they wouldn't be able to really do anything. Yeah. Unless like... Well, what, if, what happens if they like found where Uniswap is operating from and then like... They see can't do system? anything. They couldn't? No. Do they even operate from like a location? I mean, everything's in the blockchain. It's a set of contracts. Yeah, so it's already there. It's already there, yeah. But like you could stop stop it from like growing, stop it from like continuing, right? No, not really. I mean, you have to shut down the whole Ethereum network. Really? Yeah. That's how embedded all the... Yeah, because it's distributed across like thousands of nodes across the world. So, so you have to go into all those nodes and you shut them down. What if you went into where like Uniswap is like hosting their service? But they're not. They're hosting their website, but they're not hosting the contracts. The contracts, the contracts are distributed across a blockchain. Right? So like the most you could do is just take down their website. You can take down the interface. Yeah. Well, that's open source. I can go to GitHub and say, okay, I can pull this. I can local host it. And, and then make I, another I Uniswap. I can I mean, there's a reason it's open source. It's in the celebration of um, decentralization. Yeah, yeah. You can just go onto the GitHub, pull the code. You got to download a few packages. I mean. So theoretically, like I can make Uniswap in like a week and have it running. You can. I can pull the interface within ten minutes and run it. <laughs> really? Wait. Yeah. What's the hard part then? The user, inter- like the user base, to get? Oh, they're because the pro they spend years. I mean, maybe years. So working on contracts and those are deployed already. Yeah. All you have to do is point at them. They're already there. What do you mean? They're already on the blockchain. The so contracts? They're just, yeah, they're already deployed across the blockchain. You can't do anything about them. <laughs> the only way to get rid of them is to destroy the whole network. The whole Ethereum. Ethereum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so when I'm like, I'm like learning Solidity right now and it says EVM, is there a difference between the whole like Ethereum blockchain and the Ethereum virtual machine? So yeah, so EVM is stands for Ethereum virtual machine. It's essentially... When you run Java code, if you're familiar with Java, it's basically, um, it, it compiles on what's called a virtual machine to a set of operands. It's a whole bunch of fundamental operations. Actually, any language does this, C++ does this, C does it. And each of these operations um, has an effect on the actual hardware, right? So it affects um, the actions which um, the inputs take and the outputs on, and the, the way um, the inputs and outputs are formulated in the chips. And it's, it's the same thing essentially with um, Ethereum. When you write that code, it compiles to a set of very fundamental operations. Like I'm not, I'm not sure if you've heard like of zeros one. and ones. Yeah, or? basically two operation, uh, no operations that act on binary. Right? So yeah, I'm not like, sure if you've heard of like and or bytecode basically. Mm-hmm. And or there's many different fundamental operations. You can also read from hardware, but those are not. I don't think those are. It's so is the Ethereum virtual machine? It's basically the process what runs, of making that into it's basically code? what runs solidity. It's basically like it, like the language, makes it, it like translates it kind of. It's the language which executes transactions on Ethereum. Okay. And the network is simply the set of nodes which facilitates that. And it has the whole blockchain on it, right? Basically, right? Because transactions are run, they're verified by. I'm not sure what the numbers are right now, but thousands of di- di- different independent nodes. Yeah, okay. But they all run the same language, which compiles on the Ethereum virtual machine. 
to a set of operations. Could you explain, like, when I, like think about Matic and think about, like, you know, the gas fees are cheaper on Matic, and, yeah, like, yeah. a lot of people are, like, programming in Solidity and then launching it on the Matic network. Like, is the Matic network in the Ethereum blockchain, or...? No, okay, so it's interesting. So it's technically a layer two chain, which means that there has to be some binding of the Ethereum blockchain connection. But there's this what's called um oh I forget what it's, it's like I don't know if it's the Matic gateway I forget the exact name for it. But basically the thing that this is binding which allows you to transfer Matic tokens from Ethereum into Matic on Polygon. So there's that binding there. It's a, it's a, I guess it's a very loose binding because I think it only concerns Matic, but I might be wrong. And is it only Matic into Ethereum and vice versa? No other points? But there, yeah, I think that's the only one they're bound across. Okay. There's ways to get around with other tokens. It's called wormhole, but it, it's not as sophisticated and, I guess, decentralized as... I guess this... I, I forget what it's called. There's an A3. I'm not sure if it's gateway... But it's basically a, bri a bridge, that's the one. It's a bridge between Polygon, the Matic network, and um, the Ethereum network. Okay. And it's kind of like, um, it consensizes the network to make sure that there's some binding, right? And are those and nodes that run that network, are those the same nodes that run Ethereum? No, two different nodes. Structure. Okay. I mean, and very then, similar, okay. but one's proof of stake, one's before so there's a difference. Wait, Matic's proof of stake? Matic's proof of stake. Oh. I believe so. Well, like... So I was gonna ask you, like, if Matic gets big enough and gets as big as Ethereum, it'll still have lower gas prices because of proof of stake? Yeah, it's murky waters because at the end of the day, gas prices are only determined by the demand for the network, right? Mm -hmm. So I say, um, okay, I really wanna use this, I'm willing to pay $5 for a transaction, right? Okay. And the reason why Polygon is so cheap is because that demand just isn't there. The and, demand? And, yeah. Okay. Then the network can has a throughput of, like, I think 10 times what Ethereum has or something. It's quite a bit. There's quite a bit of a performance improvement in terms of transactions per second. So we don't really know even if Matic had the same like demand for the network, if it would have lower or higher gas prices? I mean, price, the gas price is a function of demand. So if the demand was technically the same, the gas prices would be similar to OB and B. Oh, okay. Even with proof of stake and proof of work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Granted, it gives us something more demand because the rate of transactions is higher. Yeah. So I'll say I would say like if the demand was like five or ten times as much as Ethereum Polygon would be as expensive as Ethereum. Oh wait, so yeah, the proof of stake. So does it, it makes it cheaper, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because proof of stake implies faster transactions and it can facilitate more demand. Okay. But the beauty of Matic is that the demand is just low. Although last week or two weeks ago, during the whole crypto crash, yeah, there were some. I found myself some transactions I was dumping half a dollar each. Half a dollar? Yeah. And that's a lot for Matic. I'm Matic. That's a lot. What is the usual? My fee? average right now, I'm averaging like a cent, I think. A cent? <laughs> yeah. On some transactions, it's probably like a tenth of a cent. It's not a lot. Most transactions are probably like a tenth of a cent. Damn, like, okay. What about like it's an average high. Ethereum transaction? Right now, for you? at base, the minimum is a few dollars. Really? The minimum, yeah. I think it's a few bucks. That is, do you think that's mostly because like NFTs? Or do you think that's mostly just because yeah, it's you, so popular? If you look at the top on guest spenders, um, which basically congests most of the network on Ethereum and even Polygon. It's OpenSea is the number one guest. Um, really? I thought OpenSea was on Solana. Is that just wrong? I know it's on. I know it's on Polygon. Okay. It might be on Ethereum too. Yeah, no, I think I'm pretty sure it's on Ethereum. Okay. But um, what will happen is, I don't know who's buying up these NFTs. 
Some if it's random like, rich idiot, probably. But like, there's only so many of them. Yeah. It's yeah, like, come on, I like, guess. what would you expect of a greater gas expenditure or more demand? A decentralized exchange just facilitates like thousands of different tokens, which are actively used every day. Or, or a picture. Or a hash picture on. Aren't like that anyone can read. I mean, <laughs> isn't it more expensive to like use like I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but like like transfer a picture across the blockchain than it is to transfer Ethereum across the blockchain? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the prices are pretty darn similar. The cheapest thing you can do is send Ethereum. Yeah, that's probably the cheapest. I think that's like if you're into the technical numbers, that's like what thirty thousand, forty thousand ways somewhere around that. Okay. Base yeah. it. Um, that's a usual transaction. I mean, depending how much you pay for it, of course, but on a normal day, it's about how much you'll be given. Um, that makes sense though, right? Like, Ethereum was like built to mostly just be like transferred as like a store of value or yeah. just like a payment system. I mean, that's, for that, I think even on the Ethereum blockchain, that costs a few dollars right now. And that's about the bare minimum, yeah. That's the minimum transaction you can What sell. about, you like, Obviously, you're familiar with Bitcoin, but like, do you use Bitcoin at all? No, I've never used Bitcoin. Not once. I, I might have bought Bitcoin in Coinbase, but I've never actually had a Bitcoin wallet. I've never actually done anything with it. It just I didn't have the utilitarian I need to. Yeah. Do anything with Bitcoin? Uh, are you like? So you're like? I'm a little skeptical on Bitcoin. Obviously, your favorite coin is Ethereum or Polygon, yeah. right? Ethereum should be more value, higher valued than. Bitcoin for sure. Did you just forget the name of Bitcoin? Yeah, I forgot the name. People are gonna be upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but be, yeah, people see Bitcoin as like like the gold. Like it's like okay, if Bitcoin has value, then that means every other coin is allowed to have value. But why? There's actually because it's the first. There's no connection. But that's like saying, I mean, a Nokia phone was one of the first. Like, I mean, I guess arcade phones. That wasn't the first one. But comparatively to what we have now, it's worth less. So you, you and there's a limited supply too. I mean, no one's making them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it's kind of like gold, where it's like once you mine all the gold, you have no more gold to mine. Yeah, it's um. The nice thing about Bitcoin is that um, I mean, its supply is capped. Yeah. Um. But it doesn't really serve much of a utilitarian purpose apart from the fact that it's. The first, right? Yeah. Like gold. Gold's used in dentistry, I think. It's used in computer so many chips, things. I think. Computer chips. Yeah. I mean, gold is extremely versatile. And the reason why gold prices have gone up is not only because of the limited supply, but just the demand. Yeah. The material demand to use gold. So, like, when you think about the use case of Bitcoin, you think of payment. They're just low. They've been deprecated by basically every, every other blockchain is, modern blockchain is beat Bitcoin as something. Yeah, everyone. So it's like, I want to make a decentralized application. Bitcoin will not facilitate that. I have oh. Ethereum. I have Polygon. I have any. I have Solana, for God's sake. Won't Bitcoin, like, it'll only. It, it, it's only used for payments, right? You can't do anything else with it. it. I think it's essentially limited to sending Bitcoin in. Yeah. I don't think you can actually. There's no native programming language. And I don't think there's any way to program any decentralized applications on Bitcoin. Yeah, I think it, right. It's just not going to work. All you can do is. Um, it's very similar to Ethereum in the fact that you can send some valuation of Bitcoin or on the Ethereum blockchain of Ethereum. But at the end of the day, there's not really much more to it. I mean, it's super slow. I'm not sure what the fees are on, like on Bitcoin. 
So I don't think I don't. I think it's like a couple dollars. It's a couple dollars. Yeah. Uh, that's a little less than Ethereum, but yeah. That's because Ethereum is packed with more users. All those um, people buying um, NFTs and yeah. people trading on Uniswap. Like Uniswap takes up a lot of um, demand after OpenSea, I believe. Is it take like does Uniswap have to like uh, like accept a coin for it to be traded on Uniswap? No, no. The beauty of it, is there's a function. I think it's like I forget what it's called, but it's like create pair. Oh, create really? liquidity pool, yeah, and just make your own. Pool, yeah. And you were talking about how people like create their own liquidity pool where they own like a hundred percent of it. Basically, yeah. and then mm-hmm. if somebody buys the coin for Ethereum, we'll just scam them and take all their Ethereum and get rid of the Yeah, pool. it's called I think a honeypot scam. Right? Yeah. They basically program a token that's ERC twenty compatible, which is basically the tokens um, supported by um, the token standard supported by Uniswap. And basically, what happens is. Um, they make the token in such a way they can program it within the um, token contract to say that, um, yeah, you can receive the token, but you can't send it off to anyone. Yeah. So what happens is you go through the pool, you say, okay, I'll swap Ethereum or Matic or whatever for that token. That has Fine. real value. The contract says, cool, okay, I'll let you accept this token in place for Ethereum. Yeah. But then they want to swap it back, which you would swap supports. Yeah. But the contract will fail because you're not allowed to swap it back to anyone. What, what happens in Uniswap's case when somebody tries to swap it back? It just fails and they... It fails because the ERC-20 contract fails. Okay. the token contract fails. So, yeah. like, are they just, like, stuck looking at the screen and waiting? Or? They're basically... No, the transaction fails. And they're, like... Okay. It just fails. You lose gas. I mean, you spend money on gas still. For it to, like, attempt to, like... Yeah, so it's basically like a double fuck you at that point. <laughs> it's like, I lost... Um, I paid for gas fees, which I'm thinking that could be upwards, like... It's an hour's congested, like... 20 bucks even. Yeah, that's fine. <coughs> and you lost whatever you invested to. So, so you wait, you, okay, so you said like, you did, You usually look for exchanges that have like this stamp, right? The certification? <coughs> yeah, like an auditing stamp, but that has to do with the code, yeah. The code of the app? The code within the contract has to be audited. There's been too many cases of people just losing millions of dollars because their code was just shitty. On the exchange? Yeah, just um, in terms of um, the contract code. What's what's actually deployed on Ethereum or Polygon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there? Do you know an example? Off the yeah. Top of your head? <laughs> um, last year on um, Binance Smart Chain, mm-hmm. um, there was um, a fork of Uniswap V2, and some dude, whoever forked it, accidentally deleted a line, the most important line within the code, <coughs> which makes sure the reserves of a pool are higher. Oh no, that the liquidity of a pool is higher or equal to of what it was before the trade. <laughs> so some dude was basically able to just dump the whole liquidity pool into his account. That's, wow. <coughs> he got away with like over a mil. How do you fork something and then just randomly delete a line though? Yeah, accident development error. Really? That's such an oversight. And I'm not sure if they were audited. That's, um, they might have been audited, but someone was, it was a, <coughs> it's just crazy that it went, the thing was running for months and no one realized the bug. And eventually they found the bug. Well, how do you find the, <coughs> like, so, it, like, so for that exchange it was open source, right? It's open source, so yeah. Somebody just went in the code and was like, I mean, I could go in there because I have open source contracts. I, I would have noticed that the line was missing. It's obvious. You could probably do that, like, today. <laughs> because I've gone to, like, 20 different Uniswap V2 ports, and they're all the same. Yeah. They're, they're all, like, all just copy They're all basically the same base pull code and, like, the basic DX stuff, plus, like, They'll say, okay, we're creative, we'll give another feature. So, like, they'll change, like, some of the math. They'll say, instead of the swap being, like, 0.3%, we'll make it, like, 0.1%. 
Okay. And then we'll like redistribute the fees differently. And then they'll add like different pool types. They'll add like gambling and all types of things. Really? And then they'll call it their own, yeah. They'll add gambling to the exchange? Yeah, they'll add gambling sometimes. Prediction markets, I think, so. Huh. Is that it, like, it's basically gambling. They give you like crazy leverage? <coughs> basically, I think just betting on like the price of different things. But yeah, um, Damn. I'm not sure if they... Leverage is difficult in crypto. Because there's nothing telling you that you can't just run off of the cash. Yeah, and also on a decentralized exchange, it's like, how are you going to be held accountable for It's like, like you have what you have, right? Yeah. It's like you can't be held accountable for anything. Yeah. So leverage trading is very difficult on blockchain. Yeah. Because, like, let's say, in real life, you have some trust from a bank, right? Mm-hmm. They'll say, okay, like, we'll give you 10 times of what you have, but you're legally liable for this. And we have control over your account. It's like, if you lose some money, we'll just take it off from you. Yeah, they have your bank. And okay. they have the legal right to do that. I mean, they have control over your money. In crypto, you give someone twice the amount of what they have and take half their reserve. They can just run off and say, screw you, I'm not giving that back. What about for like a centralized exchange? Can they do leverage? Yeah, yeah like Coinbase maybe allows like two, three times. I know Kraken was the one. Because I used to really... I had this um, infatuation getting into leverage trading and just yeah. kind of gambling my savings away, yeah. you know, getting lucky, <laughs> yeah. doing like times 50 trading, you know, in terms of leverage, you know, but did turning you that $1,000 into a hundred grand overnight, that, did, that can happen. Did your balance need to be able to cover the losses? So what they do is they usually liquidate, right? So like immediately if you like can't cover it? Yeah, exactly. If you can't you. cover it, they'll just, so let's say you trade times a hundred, you have a thousand bucks. Yeah. You're telling trading with a hundred K because times a hundred leverage, right? Yeah, yeah. So what happens is the price drops 1% and you're down to a 99k. Yeah. They say, oh yeah, this guy's got a grand and like, he's already lost the grand of our money. Yeah. We're gonna dump his account. So you're done you. trading. You're basically done, yeah. You have to, your grand basically, the coin goes down 1% or whatever asset you bought into. And now you're done, you lost your grand. Yeah. Hey, but let's say it goes up, for some reason it goes on a lucky run and doubles. Then you make a fuck ton of money. You make a lot of money. I mean, just do the math. You start with 100k, you have 200k. Now the bank will charge a little bit of interest, but you get to keep most of it. So you basically just made yourself 100K. So like the people who are like, I'm just guessing there are probably a couple of people who are against centralized exchanges because people are so into decentralization. Yeah. Like there is like at least one use case. Oh, I mean, centralized exchange is necessary. Why? Because how else are you going to get Bitcoin? It becomes a pain in the ass to get it any other way. That's a good point. It becomes extremely extreme. Other than like cash, like handing somebody cash and like I mean, you would have to meet them in person or just say, oh, okay, I have this crypto account. Like, I know you do. You have like a Bitcoin, send it to me. Yeah. And I'll send you a, I don't know, it's like 20, 30 grand under the table. You know? Yeah. Huh. But it becomes very difficult then. You have to arrange it. I mean, the centralized exchange is necessary for people to get this entry point into crypto. Yeah. But once they're actually on the network, it kind of becomes. Once you get onto it and you send your funds to a wallet, you're basically good to go. Mm. Unless you want to cash out because of course, I go to Target, I'm not going to yeah, pay Manning. I can't pay Manning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to send it to, I'm using crypto.com, I have to send to crypto.com. How long until we go into a Starbucks and we're like, all right, I'll pay with this in what, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Manning. I'll pay in UST. <laughs> UST? Yeah, I guess it's at like six cents right now. <laughs> Is it still? It's a coin, yeah. Dude, I, I remember when my roommate was like, it went down to like 30 cents and he's like, oh yeah, it'll You should buy some. Yeah. You think so? You like, actually? 
It's you think it'll actually bounce back? I would say put like a percent of your assets into it. Really? But here's the dilemma which starts to develop here. Is people are gonna buy in? It can never recover to be a stable coin, probably. Or it'll take a long time. Because people buy it at five cents. Let's say it gets up to 30 cents. They're gonna dump their funds. Because yeah, they, they made a profit and it's gonna go back down. So Luna needs to get enough money to peg it all the way back up to the You would have dollar. to peg it to the dollar. And you would have to pull, uh, I don't know how much cash. You have to pull out billions of dollars Jesus. in cash just to back it up. Or it wouldn't have to be 100%, but a decent amount. I remember like a couple of years ago when I was seeing all these stable coins, I was like, <laughs> oh, this is fucking awesome. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, is it it's possible safe, yeah. that one of these could ever crash? Yeah, it's not perfectly safe. Yeah. I'm saying USDC, USDT, they're backed by actual reserves. USDC is backed by Coinbase, right? Oh, I don't know. I There's a company the- called Circle. Okay. I actually had an interview for them. Damn, that's sick. They're for coding for them? Yeah, no, they told me, because when I was looking for jobs, they're like, hey dude, I had a talk with the recruiter, he was pretty cool, I'm like, I'm pretty into the crypto stuff, this was fairly recently. Yeah. And then, um, the dude's like, oh, I'm super hyped, like, let's do a technical interview, I'll send you, but you first have to do this coding challenge. Yeah, yeah, And he's yeah. like, dude, I'll send it to you. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, it's like, just send it to me today, the day goes by. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, the guy went to bed, it was like, wait, it's like... It's show, like I got another business day the next day. Yeah. Still no coding challenge. I'm like, dude, I really want to work for a company. It's like, <laughs> you guys pay well, yeah. crypto, I'm pretty hyped about what it. What is the Circle? Like, what do they do? Circle, I think they, I'm pretty sure that the guys are in USDC. Damn, okay. That's... But they do a lot of blockchain stuff, which ironically, I think they're working for stuff to back the, or to get the government more involved in blockchain. So I'm not sure exactly. So they're doing God's work. How <laughs> I feel about that. Yeah, really? It's like, it can, be, it can be a good or bad thing. It could go many ways. What's, I mean, a, what's a bad <laughs> way? Let's say banks start investing in crypto. Right. Like, you know, a bad way would be the U.S. government says, okay, we're going to migrate the U.S. dollar to blockchain, and we're going to give us automatic inflation privileges, right? And they can say, yeah, we can inflate as much as we want. Yeah, but it's basically is, a shitcoin at that point. Yeah, who's <laughs> yeah, the U.S. dollar is the biggest shitcoin. Yeah, who's going <laughs> to use it? Like, It's like, I mean... You can just print as much of it as you want, and there's a few people that control it at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's a, if this project was on paper, people would just say, yeah, I'm not invested in this. This is a bad idea. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why its value just almost never goes up, right? What, the, the US dollar, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's like, I'm not an economist, so I don't like really understand it, but like, there's like a, inflation's apparently healthy to have like a little bit of inflation. I mean, it's, it's inevitable to some degree. Right, Obviously, keep the monetary supply calm. I wouldn't say it's good or bad. Inflation in itself isn't a good or bad thing as long as salaries, as long as everything is adjusted. Yeah. Because I mean, Which it's not if a dollar America. becomes two dollars and 150k salary becomes 300k, it's like effectively everything the same. The car that was 30 grand becomes 60 grand. I mean, nothing has really changed. It's just the numbers are different. Well, Grant, I don't want to go to a store and purchase Cheetos for it. Six dollars. Three million dollars, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. weird. I know in some countries it's like that. I think in Japan they pay. It's a big number. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yen? Yeah. It's like the yen's worth, I don't know, not much, but. Yeah. No, I remember I went to Japan and it was like <laughs> 150 yen is like $1.50. Okay, yeah. It's like pretty much a 1 to 10 ratio. So you end up spending like a grand on any purchase. Yeah. But that's not like, it was like functional. Like the society there was like, they were functioning all right. I don't right think it matters. It. Like psychologically, it might a little bit. Well, but again, it's all relative, right? It's like, exactly. if your salary is like, what is it, like 20 million yen, it, it adjusts. If you get a living wage, 
in whatever inflation or whatever's <laughs> happening, like it all adjusts. Yeah, it's a living wage. But like I, I know this one thing. I think it's Zanzibar in Africa where they have like. A Isn't tw- that like an ancient civilization? That's that might be wrong. Zanzibar is an ancient civilization. I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's not worth fact Zimbabwe. checking. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. It's the one with like the twenty trillion dollar like bill. Mm. Like I've seen bills that are like, like from countries suffering from hyperinflation. It's like they make kites out of them. It's like yeah. twenty, tr- yeah, twenty yeah. trillion. And that happened in like Germany, I think, during like one of the world wars, where it's like it was like essentially valueless. Like, yeah, I mean, one of the causes of World War Two was just inflation in Germany. Yeah. I mean, the German economy got screwed over because of inflation. Oh, is it going to pay off debt? Oh, we're just going to print more money. <laughs> turn into a world. This could turn into like a history, history podcast. I mean, I want to see that. Dude, they got fucked over like after World War One, where they lost a shit ton of their money. The Treaty of Versailles, basically. Yeah, they fucked them over. It was not a good deal for them. Yeah. <laughs> I love how in World War, like both the World Wars, like America kind of like comes in at the very end and just like. When they realize them. that, like, they have a chance of winning. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they just take the winning side and just, like, <laughs> fuck up for everyone else. They basically realize that, like, they have a shot, yeah. 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 Damn, what were we talking about? No, we're talking about... Um, yeah. Oh, oh about. okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of remember. So it's like, <laughs> if the U.S. government, like, actually made the USD, like, a coin, mm-hmm. wouldn't, like, every, like, grocery store, every apartment building, every car salesman, they would need to accept it, right, for it to have real value? I mean, it would value it. I mean, it has value as long as it's backed by something. But then but it gets tricky have, when... It needs to be valued by, like, food I can eat. Like, yeah, if they you know? start migrating, there has to be initially some dollar, maybe gold backing, something. Yeah, something tangible. But eventually you get to the point where it just replaces the fiat currency. It could, hypothetically. I don't think it will anytime soon, but it might. Well, we've, like, we've already experienced, like, <laughs> I don't carry that much cash. You know, yeah, like, I, I mean, like I use Venmo. I use I use a checking account with just like a number saying how much money I like have. Like I have like a buck here. Uh, I probably bucks, have like five bucks in my wallet. Yeah. I just use my debit card. You know. Yeah, like, it's not enough to even pay cover to a bar. I mean, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but like, it's like one of those. Is that going to like Target? It's like, oh shoot, I'm going to the bar tonight. I have to cash out. <laughs> yeah, dude, bars are gonna assume being like, all right, pay your cover in Venmo. But you don't know, you know why they do that? It's tax purposes, and legal purposes. Oh, uh, a little under the table. I'm not actually. sure if they're washing money, maybe, but. Um, Hey, don't don't go accusing any bars out here. Like, be careful. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're funds for anything. I think they're just generally pulling a lot of cash from kids going there. Dude, and tips and everything. Tips and, too, yeah. But every, well, you can buy drinks with card, but you can't be covered. Because they get taxed. Come on, right? they need a little bit of a paper trail. Here's the thing. Like, the government's going to crack down on them if they're like, That's yeah, the thing. Like, we didn't so make they, much. they have to report their drinks because they can audit them, right? Yeah. They can eventually call up the company. They can't really audit like, a line for like. But the line, it's like, they're going to say what? It's like, okay, we saw a thousand people walk in. It's well, like, they okay, need to count it, right? There's they can like, count it, but like, who's going to do that? I, I remember going to a bar once and there was somebody with a clicker. So, but, but they're probably looking for capacity, eh? Do you think it's that? They, oh, they need to yeah. make sure they're not over capacity. Yeah, 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 that's probably That's it. like a serious They're definitely not telling the fucking government. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely, yeah, it's for themselves. I mean, you might have an agent, like, on the other side. If he really suspects something, and he thinks there's a reason for an audit, he might go out and... I mean, but even here, like, it's the scale of money is just... Dude, is it worth it? It's, it's not really... Dude, no, 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 I was, like... 
the bars are also like super cooperative with like the police and like the. They are. They definitely have deals. On they the like they like talk like to each other and they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna come raid your bar, like. For sure, yeah, and that's the night they conveniently you know decide to card. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. So it's like it's not worth like them being like at arms with each other. It's like kind of a symbiotic. No, of course, relationship. yeah. It is a symbiotic relationship. With so like. You know, five, ten years maybe, like, you think I'm going to a bar and paying in, like, a U.S. dollar coin? No, it's unlikely. As much as I like crypto, it's going to take a while. Longer than our lives? No, I think we'll see what's in our lifespans on this. Our lifespan? We, we die prematurely, which I'm hoping nothing bad Yeah, happens. knock on wood. There's knock no on wood here. There's no wood in here. Fuck. This might be plastic. Right? <laughs> it's like a semi, maybe, nah, no wood on the chair either. But, um, no, I'm not sure... <laughs> Here's the thing, if you look at the adoption cycle, crypto became prominent almost during the bull run of... 2017, right? No, it was it was more of a investment item back then. Oh, you're talking now about the like recent more, one? It's more utilitarian now. What was the bull run in, I think, 2020, was it? Yeah, the recent 2020, one. 2020, 2021. Yeah. Where people are like, oh shit, like, we can do a lot of stuff, like supply chain tracking. Yeah, V-chain. <coughs> V-chain, exactly. Yeah. Companies started adopting it, or at least some did. Um, <coughs> but there's, for the common person, there's not much utility yet. And there's a huge gap. Well, the common it. utility for people right now, I feel like, like 99 Yeah, it's like yeah. making money. It's like everyone wants to like get but it. But it's funny. The people who actually make the money is the people who are using it as utility. Yeah. It's well, kind well, of That's crazy. how it should be. Like, I, I'm glad that's like, there's obviously <laughs> going to be like a person here and there that like makes a million dollars of Dogecoin or whatever. But like most of the people like who are like actually using it as a utility are like the ones making the most money. I mean, I'm not sure they're making most of the money actually. Who do you think is making most of the money? NFT investors. I think big whales investors. That makes sense. I mean Coinbase, um, Binance, they have huge billion dollar investments in crypto. <coughs> Coinbase? And I don't think they use it as a utility as much as they are. So are they... Okay, I think Binance back because they actually have their chain. Yeah. What does their chain do? It's basically an Ethereum virtual machine compatible chain. That's supposed to be very fast, and it is pretty fast. It Wait, came, so it's like Matic? Kinda, it came out before Matic, I believe. Okay. So it's like the first like Matic-like thing to exist. Huh. That the like only thing bridges. About it, it's totally me. isolated from Ethereum. There's no bridge. Oh. It's its own thing. And then how does it connect to Ethereum? There's no connection. Well, so I don't think there's any connection. So it's not like Matic. It's its own chain. Oh, so Matic you, at least shares a source of truth somewhat. It's the same. Can you code on the Binance chain? Oh yeah, same. it's EVM compatible, so Solidity works. Oh, yeah. but it just doesn't communicate with the Ethereum blockchain. It does not. There, I don't think there's any bridge or any huh. communication means. I don't care why people like, people bought the fuck out of that coin when it came out. Actually, no, I remember when it came out. Literally, I was, the first one I got into crypto, like, I don't know, I think it was actually like five years ago. And oh I was like, shit, that's I remember a while when Binance made a coin, um, and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, and it was like, yeah, eight, it was yeah, literally yeah, like $8. Yeah. And I was like, why the fuck would I buy this? So yeah, it's, that must be for losers. Yeah, <laughs> like, I get a Ethereum kind so, of. And I think it was like a 300 bucks when I looked. I remember during the bull run, it hit like 500. I'm like, I could have been a fucking millionaire. I think it was more than that, yeah. Yeah, it's a 302 right now, as you're speaking. 
I don't even get the utility. Like, are people really gonna jump ship from Ethereum and go to Binance? Like, so here's the thing, which makes Binance super attractive. Let me let me pull out my facts because I do trading on Binance. I yeah. mean, I'm, B, I'm BSC Binance. It's called the Binance Smart Chain. Yeah. There's two things. So first, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Binance came out with their BNB chain, which is just for the Binance coin. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a not not Ethereum minded, but more so of like a Bitcoin just payment system type thing. Yeah, just to make money. And I then guess. they started adopting or scaling to the EVM, and they made a separate chain, the BSC chain, the Binance Smart Chain. Uh, and <coughs> wait. I think they recently merged the chains actually, so they're now one chain. How does that work with people who held one of the coins? How does it work for people who <coughs> There's only one coin, BNB. I'm not sure what it stands for, BNB. Yeah, it's BNB. Something, Binance something. So you couldn't have bought Binance Smart Chain, that's just like a chain that they made that was like powered by BNB? Yeah, basically BNB was like the Ethereum or the Binance chain. It was basically okay. the medium of transfer, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's effectively the native currency to the chain. Do people like have coins on the Binance Smart Chain or like decentralized exchanges or DAOs? Do they have anything? Do they have coins? Yeah. What do you mean? Do you they know, have like coins? how like Uniswap runs on Ethereum? Is there any yeah, yeah, yeah. X coin that runs on Binance Smart Chain? Oh yeah, it's um they're all super compatible. So you have stuff like wrapped Ethereum, wrapped um, BNB, basically tokenated versions of many popular cryptos, wrapped Dogecoin. Um, and they're on the. Binance Smart Chain? Yeah, Binance Chain. But yeah. like, what utility does it add to this have it's, all these it's, copied It's coins? pegged to the tokens, right? so just like yeah. USDC is pegged to the US dollar. There's a reserve of like Ethereum to <coughs> account for every, um, or at least most of the um, Binance pegged Ethereum tokens. So it's like an investing Smart Chain. Like, Basically, Binance the Smart Chain is um, primarily used for um, decentralized um, exchanges. So, the big exchange on Binance, which takes up most of the volume, is PancakeSwap. And there's days when you'll go through a few billion dollars of volume on there on good days. Bro. Currently, it's sitting at about half a billion. Wait, so PancakeSwap's on the Binance Smart Chain? Yeah, it's the, it's basically Uniswap V2 for. With, the, with some addition. What is Sushi Swap on? It's on a lot of things actually. It's on Polygon, it's on um, Ethereum, it's on BSC. It's sitting on a lot of chains. I think there's several other side chains that sit Wait, it, it runs on like multiple chains? <coughs> yeah, because it, it uses the same uh, Solidity code, so it's cross deployable. 